Hey y'all, I'm Anna Segura. And I'm Kendall Barger. And you're listening to Intuitive Adulting. Our mission is to equip you with the intuitive tools you need to explore things like your inner child, higher purpose, and spirituality, while also navigating adulty things like your annoying boss, grocery lists, and dirty laundry. Your life doesn't have to be filled with I should or I have to. Fill it up with I dream and I want to, and then make it happen with intuitive adulting. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Adulting Podcast. In this episode, we're doing something a little bit different. So we've been talking a lot about Enneagram and Tarot, but y'all, Mercury Retrograde started on Tuesday. (laughs) So in this episode, I'm going to be coming to you solo talking all about Mercury Retrograde and more specifically, spiritually communicating. How do we present ourselves to the world in a way that is aligned with our inner intuition? And how do we make space for the reflection that is required to do exactly that? And I think the best place to start is by talking a little bit about what Mercury retrograde is, is not, and how we can take advantage of the energy that is available to us in the next couple of weeks. Let me start with a little story. The first time I really understood what Mercury Retrograde was, was during coaching training. (laughs) All of the people that were there kept talking about how their phone stopped working or their computer glitched out or they missed an important call or whatever. And they kept blaming it on Mercury Retrograde. And at the time, I was not a big astrology person. And I didn't get it. I didn't know what it was. So I had to go do my research. And for those of you who are unaware, a retrograde is a period of time where a planet appears to be moving backwards from our perspective on Earth. Essentially, what astrologers will tell you that means is that energy that is normally flowing forward tends to be turned inward. So Mercury is the ruler of communication and information. So when Mercury goes retrograde, that changes all of the channels that normally you're pushing outward communication. It turns them inward. What a lot of people associate that with is technology breaking down, miscommunications, missed meetings or appointments, that sort of thing. But what it really is, is a call to pause in our normal way of pushing forward and really allow ourselves to slow down, reflect on our inner dialogue, and it creates this evolutionary pressure. That's what a lot of people call it that. And the way that I think of it is three or four times a year when Mercury goes retrograde, and it's usually a couple weeks at a time we are being called to level up our stories. We are being called to rebel against the programming that we have been working with and replace it or refine it with a deeper truth, a programming that allows us to become our higher self. It is about somewhat the glitches and the 
unexpected changes in communication or delayed appointments, that sort of thing. But it's more so about how we direct our attention towards how we communicate. So let's talk more specifically about this Mercury retrograde, because each retrograde has its own flavor, depending on what sign it's in and how long it's going to last, what signs it'll pass through. So this particular retrograde started on October 13th and will last until November 3rd. If you're in the U.S., you may just realize that that means this retrograde is going to span the entire rest of our election season up until election day. Not a coincidence. (laughs) This is all divine. It will work itself out exactly the way it's supposed to. Who knows how that will look, but fingers crossed that it's okay. This retrograde is also happening first in the sign of Scorpio and moving back into Libra. Most of it will happen in Scorpio. So that means the flavor of this retrograde is really deep. Scorpio is kind of the mysterious water sign. That's how how I always think about it. And so we're being called to allow our personal wisdom to lead us to breakthroughs to let our left brain, which is responsible for a lot of the communication, make bridges to the right side where we're talking about the emotional and spiritual areas. So don't be surprised if trauma resurfaces or old patterns resurface. A lot of times the meme-worthy stuff that happens here is, you know, your ex will pop up that, you know, you haven't talked to him in years and he'll pop up and throw a wrench in your emotional state. With a lot of those situations, it's really an opportunity to assess what your programming is, what your new stories are, and practice putting those stories into place. Practice up-leveling the way that you hold true to yourself, your higher self. Then after about two weeks of Mercury being in Scorpio, it will backtrack further into Libra. And Libra is really a relationship-oriented sign. So don't be surprised. Again, this might be the moment when that X pops up. But this is really a call to close the loops on any unfinished business in your relationships. So check in with your closest relationships. Are there any spaces that feel sticky to you? Are there any recent situations, recent conversations where you left that unsatisfied and check in. What was it that happened? And be specific because sometimes the facts and the stories that we make up about those facts are not actually in alignment. If you want to go into greater detail about that fact story alignment, I'm doing a training in my Facebook group check out my personal page for that, where we're going to go into all the fact, story, emotion, reaction chain. But check in with those relationships. See if there are any situations where you have been showing up not as your highest self, but as an old programmed version of yourself. Are there spaces where you need to hold yourself accountable to the new future that you are trying to create, this level up that you are headed towards? And one of the important features to consider about Mercury retrograde is that there is this concept of pre-shadow, 
retrograde post-shadow. So essentially, Mercury has already tracked through the space that it has gone to to date, and now it's backtracking, and then it'll go forward through that same territory. So we're going to go over this piece of sky three times. And what that really is an opportunity for is to experience the issue, reflect on the issue in during retrograde, and then put into practice the new stories and practices you want to have during the post-shadow period when Mercury stations direct on the third. This season is really inspiring us to investigate our own minds, to check in with our motivations and intentions and see if there are spaces where we have slipped from our higher self, where we have not been acting in alignment and using words and phrases and language that is contradictory to what we are trying to create. This particular retrograde is also very much related to our mind and our mindset and how we think and how we process this information. It's very left brain. But because of that influence of Scorpio, it's about how our left brain processes what is going on in our heart center. We also have some other astrological influences during this season that are allowing us to have some breakthrough moments. So if you're leaning into this energy, know that there is divine intervention in all of this. So if you are finding that you are coming up against a wall and consistently feeling like, what am I even doing? Why is this happening? Lean into that. Take time to really allow yourself to settle into the lessons that are coming your way. Get curious. I think one of the temptations that I had when I first was exploring how to use this Mercury retrograde energy I really wanted to just go into a cocoon. I wanted to lock myself down, hopefully on a beach somewhere where I could just think and process and meditate and reflect. But y'all, it's real life. We can't just drop all of our adulting and go into hibernation mode during an entire retrograde. I wish that we could, but it's not practical. And it's also really not the way that we live. The way that we experience life is really one enormous experiment. We have the opportunity to get immediate feedback on the things that we want to play with. So if you are exploring the option of up-leveling a certain area of your language or your stories or your programming, you can't do that in a cocoon you have to actually go out into the world and put it into practice. During this season, my offer to you would be slow down. Don't make any big commitments. Don't take on speaking engagements or enter into that argument that you know is going to be a tough one to get through. Don't, don't set yourself up for failure here. Slow down and create space for intentional reflection. And then if things come up as you're in that process of trying to be really mindful about your commitments and your pace and your language, if shit comes up, don't step away from it. Don't ignore it. Don't try to shove it away and pretend that it doesn't exist because those are usually the signs that 
you have something to work on. A really helpful space to reflect on is what old stories or programmings are you holding on to that are not serving you? Let's take a look at an example of how this could show up. Let's say you are in a new relationship and the person that you're in this relationship with is wonderful. Best partner you've ever had. You're still new. So it's like you're, you're feeling your way out in previous relationships. Money was a problem. You always felt like you were paying more than your partner and it was always an argument and you felt like they were super cheap, even down to like, they wouldn't even tip well. And you've been a service person. You know how much they rely on tips. Your previous partner would barely tip 15%. So let's say your new partner asks you if you want to go out for dinner, you go to the restaurant, you have a great dinner, and then the check comes and your partner doesn't immediately grab for the check and your brain instantly hands you the story that they're being cheap. They want you to pay, or they're going to try to minimize the amount that they put on their card, whatever. And you start to get all irritated. Now this happens without us really thinking about it. You don't think, Oh my goodness, this happened in my last relationship. Eh, Maybe sometimes you do, but most of the time it's this instant gut instinct that you're like, this is annoying, annoying behavior. The problem is that you are assigning an old story to a new situation. It's really an opportunity in that moment when you get triggered, it's always an opportunity to notice it and decide whether or not it is how you want to continue to react. So in this new relationship, you see that your partner doesn't immediately reach for the check And you notice your story and instead of letting the story take you away, you realize Mercury is in retrograde. We're rewriting programming right now. And you take that moment to take a deep breath, get back to neutral from being frustrated and decide how you want to show up in this new relationship, whether that's trusting and open or someone who has faith in the other person's character, whatever it is. And I guarantee you pausing to do that work will change your entire experience of the situation. It can go a couple of different ways. Let's look at two. The first one is you have unintentionally attracted a partner who continues to sit in the old programming. That means it's probably time to upgrade your programming and talk to your partner about your values and how you want to show up in the world. Alternatively, your old programming might be adding meaning where there isn't actually a story to be had. Perhaps your new partner didn't notice a waiter putting it down on the table, or they got distracted by their phone, or they want to continue the conversation that you were in the middle of and didn't want to get distracted by the check yet because they truly value those moments of connection with you. So you see old programming, it served a purpose. It was our evolutionary way of understanding the world, understanding how the pieces in our environment fit together. We are meaning making creatures. And so of course we're going to be living lives where we focus on understanding the meaning of actions. The problem is not every action 
has the exact same meaning in every situation or by every single actor. Allowing yourself to make space for new stories, new programming really gives you the evolutionary advantage. You can create meaning in all different situations, but intentionally. I want to give y'all a real world example, something that happened to me that demonstrates how old programming can get in the way of progress. So in my corporate world, I had a manager who, let's just say we didn't see eye to eye on people problems. I acted almost as the team therapist because I have a coaching background and I had coaching training. So I heard a lot of the issues around the team and they would come to me as a safe space to share information so that I could filter out the personal stuff and bring it to the leader of this particular department. I was getting a lot of feedback on a particular person in the team who just was being a bully and not playing nice in the sandbox, all the things. And I brought it to my manager. I didn't prepare very well for this particular conversation, and I ended up escalating the problem. I went in very confrontational because I didn't feel like my manager was taking this problem seriously. He seemed to be writing it off at first. He seemed to be disregarding all of the concerns. In the end, that conversation did not go very well. I showed up expecting a confrontation, and that is exactly what I got. Now, fast forward a couple weeks later, still having literally the exact same problem, same person, same group of people complaining about it, and same situation where I felt I needed to bring this to my boss's attention. This time, I prepared for the conversation, and we're going to walk through what the steps are to do this in just a sec, but I prepared for the conversation and decided that I wanted to be compassionate, steady, neutral, And in order to do those things, I visualized what that person would do in this situation. Essentially, what would my highest self do to start this? And how would they show up during this conversation? That ended up looking like setting the tone at the very beginning of the call that I wanted what was best for the team and truly was there just to share my information so that my boss could make the best choices that he needed to make. We ended up having a significantly more productive conversation and changes actually happened. Now, disclaimer on all of this work, you are only able to control your own behaviors and words and actions. And yes, those actions will impact how other people respond, but it ain't going to change everybody. And so really what we're doing is making sure that your half of the equation is as positive and as aligned to your integrity as possible. If during this Mercury retrograde season, you find yourself in a situation where you know you're going to have one of those conversations that never really feels like it's going to go well, that you're a little bit dreading, a little bit anticipating because you almost want to have the conversation, like you gear yourself up for the confrontation of it, this is for you. One of my favorite quotes is, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And basically what it's saying is, 
if you continue to show up the way you've always done, don't be surprised when you continue to get the same results. If you are anticipating one of those conversations, confrontations, whatever it might be, you have the choice during this retrograde season to decide how you want to show up. And I want to give you six easy steps to actually do the damn thing. Step one starts before you even enter the conversation, and that is get to neutral. Here's how I love to do that. I love to lean on my breath work. I like to take a walk with my dog. I like to pause and make myself a cup of tea. Whatever it is that helps you get your brain back into neutral from being frustrated or annoyed, whatever that is, do those things. Then once you're all settled into neutral or mostly, you get to make choices. You get to reflect on what you've done before. And then step two, after getting to neutral is to decide who you want to be. For me, this looks like tapping into that future self. I always have this vision of the person that I am aiming to become And so I close my eyes and get really deeply in touch with her and ask who would she show up as in this moment, whether that's compassionate or excited or supportive or detached or firm or professional, whatever the words are, the descriptors are about how I would want to show up. I get really in touch with that really specific Then step three is to also get specific about how that looks in this situation. So yes, I always want to be compassionate and a leader and inspiring and understanding and firm in my boundaries. I want all of that all the time, but how does all of that apply to this situation? Getting really specific on what it would look like if I imagined the beginning of this situation. What does the middle of this, if there's misunderstandings on the other person's part, if they're following their old programming, how would I want to react to some of the things that have then triggered me in the past? Getting really deep in how would my highest self respond to all of the old examples of how this might go. So that's how you prepare for the conversation. Then you get into the conversation and there are two important things that you should do during this conversation. First, remind yourself of who you want to be. Remind yourself of that highest person, that highest level of future you and how they would want to show up in this. And then consistently go back to neutral. Find the thing that helps you to come back to neutral. For me, sometimes that's spinning my rings because it reminds me I have a, an obsidian ring that I spin to ground me. I take a deep breath. And one of my favorite, favorite quotes from Brene Brown helps me a lot in these situations. She says, don't puff up. Don't back down. Stand your sacred ground. And that philosophy is how I stay neutral in these conversations. That's how I stay grounded. So before the conversation, go to neutral, decide who you want to be, get specific about what it looks like in this situation. During the conversation, remind yourself about who you want to be and consistently go back to neutral. After the conversation comes the final step. 
and that is let it go. Here's the reality. You're not going to be perfect at this on the first try. You're not going to be perfect at this on the 10th try. Reprogramming and rewriting our stories and how we relate to others, how we communicate is not easy. It is not quick. It is something that we really have to allow into our lives. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes it can be a couple of tries and we really adopted that new personality. But from experience and from all of the folks that I coach, generally it takes a little bit. So this final step is about letting go, not being attached to the outcome for two reasons. First of all, you're not going to be perfect. And second of all, you can't control the other person and their reactions. So while you might be showing up as your higher self, there's no guarantee that they're going to meet you halfway. But the objective is not to change their outcome. The objective is to change what you bring to the table. As long as what you bring to the table is just 1% better than what you've done in the past, that is success. If the only thing that you do better is start the conversation with a deep breath, that is success. Because next time you can start the conversation with a deep breath and an initial reminder of who you want to be. Even if 20 seconds in, it devolves and goes back to all of the old patterns. We are looking for incremental improvement here. And what I find to be the most impactful post-conversation confrontation ritual is to acknowledge myself for what I brought to the table. I like to ask myself three questions. What went well? What didn't go well? What will I change for next time? And then after I ask those three questions of myself and give honest answers, I let it go because nothing about holding on to that conversation is serving you. No amount of rehashing or shaming yourself or being frustrated or angry with the other person. None of that is actually going to help as you move forward. I know that detachment is hard. I know that letting go is hard, but when we practice those skills, there is always this relief at the end. When I've observed clients who practice this, when they've said, you know what? I can no longer control the way that my partner reacts in this situation. I can no longer control when my boss is going to call me and I am no longer going to try to control that or be frustrated about it or vent to someone else about how I don't have control here. I am going to focus on what I do have control over. What I've observed is when they shift that focus, when they shift the focus onto what they do own, it's like you can finally breathe out and you finally have a little more peace in your soul. As we move through this Mercury retrograde season, where all of our personal relationships are going to be stirred up, our old traumas are going to resurface, our stories are going to be challenged. This is an opportunity to practice deciding who you want to be, putting that into everyday situations, and then releasing the attachment to whatever the outcome is. And you will find that if you practice those things and do some of that reflective work, you're just generally going to be a more happy human. 
Now I've got one more thing to talk to y'all about. If what you've heard so far today has really resonated, if you are sitting there thinking, F this, like I totally have some old stories that I need to rewrite. I am sitting in frustration way too often. I really want to level up my presence and professional path. And I want to stop shying away from those difficult conversations because it's exhausting. I want to show up a hundred percent as the person that I'm trying to become. If any of that resonates with you, let's talk. I love words. I love helping people to get their full story out there in the world, to become the next level up person that they are aiming for even if they don't even know how to articulate what that actually is yet. I am running an October coaching scholarship. This is a chance for you to decide exactly what you want in 2021, who you want to be, what you want to create, what abundance you want to invite into your life, and then create a plan for exactly how you want to create that in your reality. Previous clients have created incredible results in their life, whether that's a new job, a new relationship, improved relationships that they already have, better working environment, the opportunity to simply be content in their day-to-day life instead of anxious or frustrated. It's incredible to watch. So if you're interested, if you feel like you're ready to invest in yourself and really step into your 2021 future, hit me up. Scholarship applications are open through October 23rd. I have this feeling that I am waiting for someone who is so, so ready to do the work and make the decisions to create something that is beyond what they believe is possible today. If this is you, please don't wait because the longer you wait, the longer you put off the magic. If you're interested in applying, go to annacirk.com forward slash scholarship. That's A-N-N-A-C-E-R-Q.com forward slash scholarship. We'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Intuitive Adulting with Anna and Kendall. To hear new episodes, subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. If you're feeling extra saucy, leave us a review. For fun extras, more conversation, and to be a member of our Intuitive Adulting family, follow us on Instagram at intuitive.adulting. Catch you in the next episode.